Welcome to the Soul Meet Strategy Podcast. This is for the new earth feminine leader who is ready for exponential growth by going deeper into her magic. The woman who's here to expand her wealth, become fully self-expressed and make waves through her business. Hi, I'm your host, Jenna Fay, founder of Soul Meet Strategy. I've grown my multi six-figure business by mentoring badass women like you to unleash your embodied feminine leadership, use aligned strategy to scale, become masterful facilitators and experience quantum manifestation. If you're a full body yes to experiencing more wealth, pleasure and nourishment in your life and business, then you are in the right place. Come and connect with me on Instagram at soulmeetstrategy. Get on my email list at soulmeetstrategy.com and come hang out with me in my community of fellow new earth feminine leaders on Facebook. Now let's kick this off and get this party started. to be here with you all today. We're going to be talking about successful sales and the new paradigm. So before we get into that today, I just want to share a little bit about myself, a little bit about this topic. As I know, some of you may know me, some of you, you may have just found me. And what we're going to be talking about is something that's really dear to me because on my journey, it has been a doozy when it comes to sales of going all the way back from like, network marketing trauma, all the way to growing a million dollar company. And I feel I should introduce myself. My name is Jenna Faye Madden, and I'm the CEO and founder of Soul Meet Strategy. And so that is the company that I've grown to a million dollars in sales. And to me, more importantly, I've helped thousands of women around the world. And that is what it's all about. And seeing that they've created millions as well, collectively, with their businesses into the economy, conscious ways, making impacts, embodying their gifts, embodying their magic. And so what I'm gonna be sharing today is really a channeling, a transmission of all the things I wish I knew about sales, all of the things that have actually helped me with sales, all of the things that I've tried, I've tested, I've embodied that merging it together, as a witchy cauldron is what I was going for there has really allowed me to enjoy my business so much more. I went into extreme burnout and adrenal fatigue about two years ago in my business. And since applying all of these upgrades, all of these shifts, not only did I make more money, but I work less. I get to impact more people. Everything just feels better. My nervous system is more relaxed. And that being said, I'm human. I have my days, old patterns come up. So it's not about perfecting these things. It's just about really finding your flow. And so I will preface today's workshop by saying, keep what resonates, leave what doesn't, you know, feel invited, not obligated to infuse and invite these things into your business. And so anyone who's watching this, feel free to let me know in the comments right now. And if you're just tuning in on the replay, if you're by yourself, just reflect for yourself on when you even hear the word sales, what is the energy that comes up for you? Is it contracted? Is there a word? Is there a color? Like, what do you feel when you hear that, when you speak it, when you think about it? 
Is it like a 10 out of 10? I'm so activated and I absolutely love the energetic of sales. Is it like a one and you're like, I hate it. I don't want to have to think about it. Is it a five where it's a necessary evil? Like what's the vibe for everybody with sales? So I see some comments. We have a five. I guess I can look on Facebook since I'm streaming here too. I just figured that out today. So that's cool. Amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, most women that I speak to, and I know there might be some men watching this as well, but I find most of us are somewhere in the middle in a lot of things. How we price our things are often somewhere in the middle. How we feel about our business is kind of somewhere in the middle, you know, being excited about it. But oftentimes also it's, it's like our enemy at the same time in many ways, which is interesting. So many of us started our business in order to feel empowered, in order to feel excited in order to help people and then we end up feeling like bogged down by money limited in our magic stressed out about selling a lot of us and i'm sure many of you listening to this are coaches healers entrepreneurs and many of us unless you're a marketing person and i'm sure there's some of you listening to this that are most of us didn't get into this field to be digital marketers and so I feel like this comes up and then with sales, we're like, I just want to work my magic. I just want to help heal people. I just want to help do this. I don't want to have to post on social media. I don't want to have to master sales and enrollment conversations. And it just becomes this monster. And so the invitation as we kick off today's workshop is just to really come in as a student, really allow yourself to potentially put down the identity the energy that may be holding around what it needs to look like or how it should look, how it should feel, what you need to do. And just be open to some activations maybe landing for you of new ways to do things, new ways for things to feel. And if you already feel pretty good, well, great. How does it get any better than this? Whether it makes it more effective. And so you're actually maybe calling in higher caliber clients, whether that means just easier enrollment with clients. If it's, you know, some of you are working with people one-on-one, -on -one, but you want to run group programs. And so it's like, how do you scale up in your sales? Or if you are launching group programs, but maybe they don't fully sell out. And so there's all these like subtle little upgrades for us with sales. And one of the big ones is even if we're making sales, sometimes we're still holding guilt and shame around the sales and we don't feel empowered. It feels dirty, like we're taking the money from someone else. And so I think that's a really good starting point is the energetic of money and receiving money specifically because in the energy of sales, usually there's money involved, not always. Sometimes it's an energy exchange or a scholarship or something else, but nine times out of 10, there's a financial exchange that's happening. and. If we haven't dealt with our shit, oh, my cat just fell off the desk. If <laughs> anyone just heard a big bang. <laughs> um, he's okay though. Um, but, you know, usually if there's a financial exchange that's happening with sales, it brings up whatever unintegrated stuff we have about money. And one of the biggest ones that I hear for people is they don't want to take money from other people. And it's almost like if you think of money as a pie, and if you have a slice of pie, well, that means there's like less slices of pie for everybody else in the world. And so we kind of do this with money subconsciously of thinking, well, if I take this person's money for my coaching package, now they're going to have less money. And it's like I've collectively taken money out of the pot 
and I'm a bad person and I'm like taking from people and now there's less when there really is no lack. I mean, in the current real financial system of the matrix, they just print money anyways. So there's truly no lack of money, but on the energetic plane as well, there's no lack of money and resources. We just kind of project that into the field and this kind of goes into sales as well, but one of my most powerful sales experiences that I've had, you're fine, come here. Of course, I'm gonna let my cat out of the room. One moment, everyone. You wanna go on the ceiling? I don't know if anyone else has animals, but I have the most needy animals. Now my cat is on the roof. He goes off my balcony and he sits on the roof and it's sunset and it's his favorite time of day to take in the scenery. Anyways, sales story for everyone. This was a couple of years ago and I had a woman apply to join a program with me. I think it was around $3,000. So it's what I would call like a mid ticket program. There's really no standard of what's low, mid or high ticket. But for me in my brain, I think of low ticket as under $1,000 or so mid ticket being, you know, a thousand to 5,000 and high ticket being, you know, 5,000 to 50,000 and beyond. That, that's just my own kind of ratio in my brain. But so this was like a mid ticket thing, the kind of thing where we were having a phone conversation to talk about if it was the right fit for her. And she filled out her application and everything. And on there, it said basically that she was a single mom. She checked off, you know, she had financial resources to invest in herself. She was interested. She, yeah, she said all the right things. But my brain, before we got on the call and on the call, had gone into, well, what if she doesn't have enough money? You know, she's a single mom. It says she's not really making money right now. So I feel kind of bad if she says yes to this program. And now I'm taking the money from her. And I was in all of these stories. And so how this also relates into sales too, is I'm on the conversation with her and I wasn't present at all because as she was talking and I'd ask her a question about her vision or whatever, my brain was like three steps ahead of like, basically, what am I going to say next? How am I navigating this? And I think in sales, we do this a lot. I hear this from so many women, so many leaders where they're trying to like damage control and like be prepared because they don't want to lack control on the conversation. They don't want to sound dumb or unprofessional or make someone feel bad. And so they're like already thinking like, what's the next question I'm going to ask? Or where am I taking the conversation from here? So I was really not present. I was in my head instead of in my heart. Long story short, at the end of the conversation, before I got to tell her the pricing and the details and all of that, she said to me, so I have about $3,000 in my savings. I've been squirreling it away for a couple of years now. And I am so excited to invest this in myself. Like this is such a big deal for me to get to invest in myself because I don't usually have a lot of money. And I like totally just felt so much in my body thinking, oh my God, I was about to tell this woman, well, if you need this extended payment plan and blah, 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 I get it. And I was going to project and like shit all over her and basically assume that she wouldn't have the resources, that she wouldn't be able to do it. And so like my heart was in the right place, but at the same time, like that would have been terrible for her, for me to like, instead of see her in her power, for me to see her as like a victim and to assume that she wouldn't be able to do this. I would have taken away that opportunity for her that she had really set a lot of intention and time cultivating for herself. And to be honest, if I had 
verbal diarrhea all over her with pricing plans and all of this stuff and made assumptions, she probably energetically, if not literally, would have been turned off and gone and taken that money and invested it somewhere else. Luckily, it turned out that I had shut up and she got to share that. And she did end up working with me. And I learned so much from that. She got to have, you know, the experience that she was looking for. But that really anchored in for me the principle of not assuming. And I literally had a coaching call with a client earlier today. And she was talking about how she got a referral from one client. And so what if this referral client doesn't want to sign up for her $3,500 package? And should she make it a different price? And I'm like, well, did they say that they could only afford something? Did they say they're looking for something? She's like, well, no, but she's a friend of this client. And so we had a really great conversation of why are we deciding for people what they can and can't afford? And so this is some of our old programming. And a lot of this, I think, is playing out the victim savior kind of stuff that comes from the right place oftentimes, but it's this like subtle old patterning, trauma response, kind of toxic behavior where we want it for people more than they want it for themselves. Or we don't see them in their power and we don't mean to, but we want to play the savior role because it makes us feel good. You know, you get the little dopamine hit of getting to help and save someone. But for most times that isn't actually saving them. That's actually keeping people disempowered. And sales is really all about empowerment. And so you can see this conversation today. I don't have slides. It's just a bit of a weaving conversation because to me, that's what sales is. It's a weaving conversation. It's very esoteric. It's very intuitive. And sales is literally an invitation to transform. And something I love sharing with clients is that sales, the conversation, whether it's on the DMs, voice notes, on the phone, in person, can be the most sacred conversation that somebody's ever had. Why? Because most people are hiding. Most people are unhappy. And most people aren't even feeling like they're allowed to dream. And so your job isn't to convince them or see them in victimhood, but just to hold space for them to be there. This is where when I talk to people and they're like, well, should I coach them on the call? What should I do on the call? How do I give them enough on the call to convince them essentially? You know, this is where people end up in that loop of basically coaching on the call. And then people are like, whoa, you know, and they have a 30 minute call, but it turns into a two hour call. And then at the end, the person's like, wow, you shared so much with me today. I'm just going to run with this. Like I'm slightly overwhelmed because you just shared everything you know with me. I'm just going to take this for a while and integrate. But again, that's not because you were actually helpful on the call. It's like, we just overcompensate and want to help fix people. And we're, again, our heart's usually in the right place, but that isn't actually helping them as opposed to say a 30 or 60, whatever minute conversation where we just ask good questions. We hold space for people. You know, we allow them to explore the depths of like, what do they actually want? What do they desire? Who do they need to become in order to experience that? Like that is the beginning of the coaching or the healing or whatever relationship is building that trust and relationship with them in the sales conversation. If you're having this, whatever medium in which you're having the conversation, because energetically, I feel people are testing each other out. Can this person hold me? Do I feel safe with them? And I can promise you what doesn't make people feel safe is when you talk at them the whole time, if you try to save them and they're not even 
victims. You know, if we're trying to overcompensate and stuff them full of bonuses and logistics and things, none of those things are what sell people pressuring them, which I know no one here wants to do and probably isn't really intentionally doing. None of this is very effective. It's all old code kind of stuff that I'm sure maybe still works for some people that are more in that energetic state of like bro marketing. And that's the kind of clients that they magnetize. But for most of us, I mean, we're talking about golden leaders here. That's not what resonates for us, I don't think, as leaders. And it's not what resonates for our community either. So I really encourage everyone to just take a moment and an intention of like, who do you want to be when it comes to sales? If it's truly just a sacred conversation and invitation, like, who do you want to be? What kind of energy do you want to bring forth when it comes to your sales? So just tune into that for a minute. And just remembering that this is allowed to change and shift at any time. As you evolve, it will evolve. And so your intention might be to hold deep space for other human beings. It might shift into to invite others to stretch into their highest potential. You know, like these things shift and evolve of what resonates for us. But at the end of the day, we are what I like to think of as lighthouses. And one of my favorite things to do is analogies. They seem to just flow through me all the time to the point where my clients laugh. They're like, oh, another metaphor. And they're usually the most ridiculous ones. But I think this is a very powerful one. So I'll share it with you all today is the lighthouse analogy. So if we are as leaders, lighthouses for our community, you know, beacons of transformation, shining our light, it doesn't mean that we're any better than, say, the tugboats that are out to sea. We're not better than them. We're just already at the shore. You know, we're grounded, we're rooted, we're present, we're shining our light. And then if you can imagine it's getting dark out and there's all these tugboats that are around the shore, if we cover up the lighthouse light, you know, we don't show up for a shift, so to speak, and we don't turn it on, well, it doesn't mean that the tugboats aren't going to get to shore. It just might take them a little longer or they might need to be a little bit adaptable. Maybe they need to turn on a lot of flashlights. Maybe they're gonna end up going the wrong direction for a little bit, but the lighthouse isn't the savior of these tugboats getting to shore. It's like an asset, an amplifier. And for most of us that are service-based entrepreneurs, that's really what we are. We collapse the time frame. We help them go to where they desire to be faster than maybe reading books, podcasts, floundering about on their own. We help activate them and help them move and get momentum and transform and integrate. So the lighthouse is really just when it turns the light on, well, it just helps the tugboats get to shore a little bit quicker. And that to me is just such a powerful analogy of really what we are here to do and who we get to be is to shine our light brighter than ever because the lighter the light the brighter we shine the light the more tugboats out further at sea are going to see the light find their way to shore and anchor in and then before you know it they're probably going to go down to the next bay and set up their own lighthouse and before you know it the whole coast is lit up and tugboats are getting safely to shore faster than ever but if the first lighthouse can't even turn on its damn light well <laughs> like why how is other people going and turn their light on too. 
So you can see the ripple effect. And that's another kind of analogy that I like to do is ROI. I'm sure some of you have heard ROI before, and maybe even let me know in the comments what comes up for you. Probably return on investment. And in this space, return on investment is important. You know, it's very easy to assign a return on investment value if you're like someone like me that does business coaching and wealth coaching and stuff to say, well, I mean, I don't make guarantees, but I think it's it's easier to assign, you know, a value of like anchoring in five figure months or, you know, moving towards this and you can kind of assign numerical values. However, even if you're a have a better life person, like a Reiki master an NLP, you know, all of the different modalities and amazing magic that so many of us practice, at the end of the day, it isn't really about money. Because when I strip it back and I think about people investing with me, they don't invest because of the money. They invest because how they want to feel, where they want to go, what money allows them to do. So you can really take money off the table in general when it comes to sales. You don't have to have a traditional ROI because no matter what, there's value there. And example, well, I can help somebody grow their business, but they want to grow their business, let's say, because they're in a toxic marriage and they want to leave the marriage. Well, how, who's to say that's any more valuable than someone who's a relationship coach helping them transition out of the toxic marriage? Like that, all of these things are valuable. All of them can be measured energetically, so to speak. And so what I believe is the true ROI is the ripple of impact, is how that ripples out into their lives. You know, what's their return on investment of how that ripples into their life. And that to me is really what motivates people to make decisions, allows them to step into their magic. And so a couple of other sales upgrades is one, to see your people as millionaires. And when I think of this, I literally think of every single person that I come into contact with as limitless, abundant, wealthy, resourceful individuals. I learned a lot from that experience of assuming that the single mother, you know, wouldn't be able to invest in herself. And you know what, if that conversation had gone differently and the way I had assumed and projected, would I have helped her? Absolutely. But why would I decide that for her before she's even shared that information? So really being in the energy of like the post that you put up of infusing that energy of whoever's meant to see it, we trust that they're going to see it at the right time, the right place, the right person. It's not how many likes we get. It's trusting that it's going out for that ripple of impact. And we see people as millionaires. And this helps so much too with enrolling high-end clients. Don't get on the phone or the messages and stuff and see them as broke, stuck individuals. And by the way, that's just terrible lingo to put out anyways. <laughs> when I, you know, words are spells. And so when I would put that out in my post and be like, literally, hey, are you stuck? Are you broke? Well, I've got a solution for you. I would just magnetize all these people that were like, I identify as that. I'm stuck. I'm broke. Help me. Save me. Right. And so that would keep the loop going. When I started to speak to people's vision, instead of making everything pain point centric, everything changed. So I started to speak to people's potential, speak to their magic, speak to their vision, invite them into their power. And I hardly ever really talk about pain points. It's still, I think, relevant to have a general sense of your people and what they might be challenged with or moving through so that you can understand them and have compassion for them and relate to them. 
But I think gone are the days where we need to have this like window shopping experience that's based in scarcity of, oh, come to my three day challenge and I'm gonna teach you the what and you can hire me for the how, you know? And basically if maybe you've heard that before of like stretch the gap, you know, make them aware of their problem. It's all really old code stuff. All it does is disempower people. And then you have people making investments out of scarcity, out of disempowerment. And what does that equal? Usually clients that don't do the work, ask for refunds, stop showing up, don't do the work. Not, none of that that's worth it and doesn't make you feel probably very good either. So when we see our people as millionaires, we see them as successful, we see them as resourceful, our entire experience with sales changes all the way from our marketing. Right. So like when I'm writing an email, when I'm putting up a post, I really think about that. You know, what, what am I speaking to that's inviting them to elevate, speaking to their new standard instead of just parroting the pain that maybe they're experiencing? Because all that does is like dig into the wound for them. And I find most people aren't that attracted to that kind of marketing anymore anyways. So it's much more fun to speak to the vision to invite them into their next level, you know, speaking in the sense of basically your marketing and, and selling in essence to the person who's already decided. The person who's already decided with or without a coach, with or without you, like they're doing the thing. They're losing the weight. They're growing the business. They're calling in the one. They're healing themselves, whatever it is. And it's simply calibrating where they feel safe and they go, oh, well, I want to work with Jenna because she really gets me and I feel like she can really hold me and guide me and accelerate me to where I'm already committed to where I'm going. And then it feels like a partnership. It feels empowering. It feels exciting instead of the energy of, you know, people doing it out of scarcity, lack kind of decision. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm sure you've had these conversations before and you're like, they want to be convinced almost. They're like, well, are you sure I'm ready for this? Like, you know, what if, I, what if it doesn't work? What if I decide, I've had people say, you know, like, what if I decide a month in that I don't want to do it? Like, will you refund me? Before I would have tried to convince people, you know, and like made them feel better and tried to justify my pricing and explain to them all the things. Now, I would say it depends on the circumstance, but in those kinds of situations, nine times out of 10, I'm going to make the decision. And I will tell them lovingly, hey, you know, I'm sensing that you're not actually quite ready for this. And so I'm going to say that this is an empowered no for now. And let's come back to this in a month or reach out to me when you feel ready. And then you like close the loop because what happens a lot in sales that disempowers like the coach, the healer, the entrepreneur is what I call pending energy where you have these like open loops and you're like, I don't want to chase people and follow them up. But they said they're in, but they haven't done the thing. And, you know, we have all these like open, like leaky energy things that can happen in sales. And you're like, well, do I follow them up? Do I not? Like, what's the right thing here? And I personally think there's nothing wrong with following people up, but it's very situational. And it's very intuitively led. There is a big difference between someone saying, I am a total fuck yes to this. I just need to get things in order. As soon as I'm ready, I'll reach out. Or I need to talk to my husband and do this and I'll update you ASAP. And a few days go by and you touch base and you say, hey, I just want to see where you're at with things. 
that that to me isn't chasing people or disempowered but what is disempowered is let's say someone says i'm so in and you go okay great or they say i need to meditate on it and you're like oh okay <laughs> and then you let them you know they go off and do their thing but then you're like checking your email all the time you're like on their stories being like they've been online why haven't they signed the contract why haven't they got back to me do they not want to do this you know all these things that go on in our minds which is literally us matching the pending energy it's like we're in pending energy and so if you're in that energy where you're thinking about your potential client you know people that are in your field that haven't like pulled the trigger instead of matching that by disempowering ourselves to like check our phone check our email refresh things creep them instead take the energy charge that you might be feeling and move it externally this is some of the best times to channel posts and channel content and we get to do it consciously of going oh there's a bit of a charge here. Hey, I'm about to leak my energy and start stalking people online and see why they haven't done the thing. And instead go, okay, well, I have some energy moving right now within me instead of doing that. Well, what if I were to finish that post I finished right earlier and put that out to the world? What if I followed up those other people that said they were interested and watched my free training and just check in with them and see where they're at and just genuinely care, you know, human to human, build what I like to call relationships with people and see what flows. These are all much more empowering kind of things that we can do. And the best rule of thumb with all of this is to follow the activation. And by that, I mean, it's kind of the, the intuition, intuition, but it's like also the feeling in your body as well, where you get kind of the intuitive pings, but maybe a feeling in your body of ooh, you know, this feels really exciting. And you get that idea of, of oh, maybe I want to do this live masterclass. Maybe I want to create this thing. Oh, this person's been in my field. I really, maybe I should reach out to them and see where they're at. And a lot of the time we don't follow the activation. We go back into should. We're like, well, I didn't do enough today. So I should probably put up, I should probably do this thing. And what we could be doing is really, redirecting the energy and just following the activation because wealth and by extension money never responds to how much we do and i'm guessing most of you already know that and have experienced that that you can do a lot of shit in your day and it doesn't necessarily equate to more money in fact i think the reverse the law of reverse of the law the i can't speak apparently it's been a big day the law of reverse effort is what i'm trying to say and maybe some of you have experienced that where sometimes things are out of your control, which can be a trigger in itself for many of us who like to control or think that we can. But some of my best sale days have happened where things are out of my control and I was planning to do a Facebook Live or follow these people up and then I have no Wi-Fi. And then I'm offline all day and it's like, oh, I'm in the final day of my launch, like what's gonna happen? And I just have to surrender. And then I'll get back online the next day. And it's like, oh, three people signed up and I didn't do anything. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And so sometimes it actually needs to balance the scales and we need to like pull back a little and let the things we've put out into the field work for us, you know, and speak for themselves. It's not necessarily about just doing and doing and doing, but it doesn't have to be as esoteric either of just being. I mean, just being to me is more more so I think more accurate is embodying. And 
embodying is actually being connected to your magic. So if you're, say, a healer, well, is your best sales strategy to hustle your ass off and try to sell your program? And then in effect of that, kind of forget your magic because you're so focused on sales that you're not receiving healings, you're not practicing your craft, like you're not truly in the mastery. And then you get disconnected from what you're selling. And we forget, you know, like that initial spark when the idea comes to release a program or call in new clients or create a package and we're excited. It's like we like dissolve and dilute it because then we're so focused on like the getting of clients part and overcomplicating it. So absolutely yes to compassionate action. It's not just sit and meditate and like wait for them to appear. That's actually very disempowering, but also to not place all of our energy either in doing and having to put all the pressure on ourselves. And actually this is something else that comes through more on the manifestation side of things is I used to be so guilty of saying, basically, I'm going to make it happen. Literally, I had a Facebook memory pop up the other day where it was like, do you want to grow a business? You got to make it happen. Something along the lines of that. And while I do feel that there is a certain level of grit and resilience that is required to be in there for the long haul and have a sustainable, scalable, thriving business, yes. And it puts a lot of pressure on ourselves to make it happen. And what I feel is a much more empowered energetic is first off energetically to connect with the vision of your sold out launch or filling up your client spots or raising your price and everyone who you want to work with says yes, you know, whatever it is. And then to be able to connect to the vision and really feel the fact that on some timeline, like in the quantum field, it's already done. That reality somewhere already exists. And so you're not here to make it happen. You're here to support it, anchoring it. You're here to accelerate it coming into your reality. And it, it takes the pressure off of you to feel like you got to do it all and be it all. And then at the end of the day, maybe feeling guilt or shame that you didn't get everything done on your list. Like I always have a list. There's always lots of shit on the list, but I never usually get done all the things on the list, but I don't equate that to whether or not my programs are going to fill up or if I did enough for the day. It's just like, I'm an overachiever. <laughs> I like to write down all the things I'm going to do, but I stopped allowing that to relate to whether or not I was going to make sales in the business and like did I do enough so I feel like that's a trap and this is just an opportunity and a share for anyone who's receiving this right now that you can just support and guide and accelerate what's already inevitable like it's already written into the cosmos it's already going to happen it's just a matter of when and how and so then you don't have to have all the pressure of controlling it of making it happen. And then if on your timeline, you know, like I'd love to have 10 women by November 30th or whatever in my program. Well, if it doesn't manifest in that way, it's a lot easier to surrender and to not carry this like shame of like, oh, I fucked up. It was a flopped launch. It didn't work. And instead to go, oh, well, it must be this or something better. I'm really grateful for the six women that signed up. I, you know, it wasn't the 10 yet that I've envisioned, which is another power statement. If you catch yourself in limiting things, you know, about your business, about money, about your launches of like, I didn't get 10 women in my program. 
start tacking this on up until now. And it really changes the frequency of these statements that sound really limiting. You know, I, oh, I was really hoping to have a 5K month this month, but it didn't work out up until now. You know, so that way we're not staying in the energy of whatever kind of channels through our mouth of like old code limiting thoughts. And we can actually raise the vibration of them into, well, up until now, like we don't need to conclude our sentences with limitation, but then we're not wronging ourselves that maybe we say those kinds of things because human, but you can add on up until now. And so that's a really great way to kind of transmute and transcend the energy of our human moments in business when things don't go to plan. Because to be honest, most things don't go to plan. Our plans are for like our human brain to like conceptualize and intellectualize where we're headed, which on a sales money aspect too, is why our nervous system is so important. One other example that comes through is with sales. And this is actually one of the number one, like secret things that I see all the time of why women aren't actually, and men, hitting the sales that they want in their business. And it's the fact that it doesn't feel safe. And so there's like two kind of main scenarios for that. A, it's because they're already feeling burnt out, tapped out, you know, maybe their schedule's not working for them. Maybe they feel resentful because they're undercharging. Maybe they don't have good onboarding processes, but I'll ask clients frequently when they're like, oh, if I just had five clients, everything would be easier. And I say, okay, here's five clients. How do you feel? And they're like, oh, I feel overwhelmed. I don't know how I would onboard five clients right now. Like, whoa, oh my God. And, you know, we start looking at it and they're like, oh, my schedule would feel really full. I think I might burn out again if I do that. We start looking at it and it's actually the words of what they say they want doesn't really match what they feel capable of receiving. And your soul is smart. So your human mind might go, well, five more clients equals X amount more per month. And that's my income goal that my ego wants. So if I just work harder and sell more, everything will be great. But your soul is like, no, <laughs> if you're, if you're already feeling kind of burnt out or resentful or exhausted or overwhelmed or whatever, why would I amplify that by giving her five more clients right now? Right. Cause it's not thinking intellectually, it's energetically. And it's like, why would I amplify what the present situation is? So this is where it's really important too, with our sales, when we're calling things in that we really feel for ourselves, well, how would it feel to receive what I'm saying that I desire? And if there's something that's out of congruency there, and maybe our schedule needs to change or whatever it is, like we need to address that in order to really open up our receiving to those things. So that's part of it. And then kind of by extension is we often fixate on kind of the immediate next goal of, oh, like I really want to call in five clients or I want to sell out my program or whatever, but we don't often really connect to what's on the other side of that. So what I'll hear frequently from clients is they have kind of a big vision, like this esoteric, I want to be a speaker, author, best-selling, whatever, you know, have all these books and things in the future and be a millionaire. And then there's the, my next goal is to sell out my launch. And there's like a big gap window there. And same thing, it doesn't feel safe because if we go back to, you know, caveman kind of times, if 
if you don't know what's on the other side of the cliff, you're probably not going to run up to the cliff. Your body is going to go, huh, I don't know what's on the other side of that. Is it safe? Is it, am I going to die? And that's literally what we're playing out every day in our business is we're saying, oh, I'd love this. I'm calling in that. I need to get this. But our, our soul and our nervous system's like, oh, is that I'm going to die when I get five clients? Like, what's that going to be? So what really helps is what I call the vision beyond the vision. And we don't want to attach ourselves to the vision beyond our vision because I could do a whole thing on identity and attachment and how that's a trap of the matrix. I'll leave that there for now. But if we over-identify and attach ourselves to the things we're calling in, that isn't really helping us move towards it. It just creates pressure. But the reason I'm saying on some level to connect to the vision beyond the vision is so we can feel more safe, so we can move towards it. So as an example, like let's say you want to fill up your spots or sell out a program or call in three new clients, whatever, is to, okay, go, okay, well, on the other side of the launch, like what's next? Like, where am I going? Like if I continuously always have my private coaching spots filled, or I always keep selling out my group things with ease and I'm making whatever the income goal is, what's next? What's the next milestone? Like, where am I going? And you go, huh? Like, well, I think I would do this. Like for me, you know, like a lot of my things like are filling pretty effortlessly. Like I've got systems in places, things are flowing. Well, my next thing, because also a lot of people get bored. So that's a whole other thing too. Like so many women I talk to are bored secretly about their business. So it's like staying excited, keeping that spark alive, knowing where we're heading, knowing it could totally evolve and change. But like, for me, it keeps me anchored in what I'm doing now but also enlightened and excited that I know next year I'm working on my book. I'm creating an Oracle deck and a journal to go along. You know, it's like a whole other branch of my business. I'm like, wow, I'm so excited for that. And it makes it so much um, more fun and easy to like keep moving ahead the different things I'm developing right now because those will be flowing and in place while I do those things. And I go, oh, well, it feels really good over there, you know, and like our soul starts to magnetize towards things because it feels safe. It feels good. It feels expansive versus if you just leave it with this like big question mark unknown, like we might not make the sales that we want. And our soul's actually like, yeah, I don't know. She might burn out more, you know, she might die. She might, you know, get burned at the stake with her witch wounds, you know, being seen. Like we have to look at these things so we can move towards where we want to go so that both like the healing and the different things we're doing on this realm are also working with like the unconscious energetic things as well so that both our actions and the energetics are like moving us towards where we want to go because most of us have created this trap that's actually pushing us further away which then reinforces the cycle that you have to work really really hard in order to get what you want. And so that's where like the wealth stuff plays out. But I can tell you wealth, I love talking about wealth codes. That could be a whole work thing in itself, workshop in itself. But what I will share is that wealth responds to alignment. I had a chat with another coach on a live earlier about this. Wealth responds to alignment and to nourishment. Wealth does not respond to how hard you work. Wealth does not respond to how many things you do. Essentially, I mean, wealth is just neutral. So it's in response to you. And alignment isn't necessarily always feeling good. You know, alignment is an airy fairy, 
you got to feel good to receive it. Like, no, sometimes you actually need to go into the depths and feel really shitty to transmute it to then be able to receive it. So alignment in simplest terms, I feel like is allowing ourselves to feel happy, sad, angry, like the spectrum of emotions to like really move through our own process. And wealth responds to that. It responds to us being in our own alignment. If we just suppress everything or distract ourselves or avoid, we keep just playing out more of what we know. And really that's what resistance is. When we hit resistance, we do more of what we know. And so for some of you, that's going into avoidance and just hiding. Maybe you put yourself out and then you like take five steps back and then you put a post up and then you take a month off. For some of you, it might be distractionism um, or disconnect. Like that for me is one of the big ones. If I'm hitting resistance of my next level, I'll do things to distract myself. I'll go on Canva. I'll scroll on my phone. I'll do things to avoid in essence, but like not hiding, but just doing things that aren't actually moving the needle forward. You know, for some of us, it's putting on a mask of being funny or being strong and pushing through. Like we all have our different ways to cope with things based on trauma response and programming beliefs. So just knowing that for ourselves as well, that, you know, how we respond to everything really matters. And it, it matters so much that it doesn't matter at the same time. You know, it's like, I care so much that I don't care at all. And the more I know, the less I know. Like all of those things really apply when it comes to sales as well, because at the end of the day, it's, it's all just energy. It's all just flowing. And so when we approach sales, I really believe in approaching it from an energy of high intention, low attachment. I call this HILA acronym. Instead of a metaphor, this time an acronym. So H-I-L-A, high intention, low attachment, where you should be intentional, meaning you probably shouldn't be talking to people who aren't qualified. <laughs> That's a whole thing in itself too, where a lot of people are just still talking to anyone that will talk to them. And maybe if you don't even, maybe you have a form, maybe you don't, but I'll repeatedly talk to people and they're like, yeah, they filled out my form and they answered like all the opposite things of what I'm looking for in a client. But, you know, I thought maybe I could still help them. So we got on the call. And again, it's like that victim savior, people pleaser thing that comes out. But that's not really being intentional with like what your standard is and what you're calling in and who's actually the kind of person who is a fuck yes kind of client. So we want to be intentional. You know, we don't, we don't need to talk to everybody. We don't need to get on the phone with everybody. Like we can be intentional with who we talk to, what we create, what we're putting out there. But then it's like simultaneously being low attachment. Something I was talking to a client about earlier, the same one with her package and should she downplay it with this other referral we talked she literally said to me at the beginning of the call my guides told me and I had someone else recently tell me that they can literally feel and see hundreds of thousand dollars in my field I'm like yeah I feel it too and so then we had a conversation about well why are you so attached then to this one person says yes if you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in your field it doesn't matter if the one person says yes like that's the low attachment piece where you don't really care if they say yes, you care about them as a person, but we're not, we're not attached to that person, which is really powerful in the same thing, because we're not placing all of the pressure on ourselves, on that person. And so we can be in a much more empowered energy, which at the end of the day, and I said that earlier too, sales is all about helping people in my mind, make an empowered yes, or an empowered no 
decision. So like I said, if I have someone who's in this like weird pending energy or like I can just tell they're not ready yet, instead of leaving that as an open loop, I decide for people. We have a very non-committal society. You know, you make a Facebook event, you're gonna have majority say maybe. We have a very flaky society, right? And so, and I mean, I can be the same too. Like I'm very introverted and I'll say yes to things. And then as the day comes, I'm like, oh God, I don't actually want to go, you know? And so people do that as well with making decisions. People don't like making decisions. People want an adult to make the decisions. So you're not here to like be the adult and see them as an inner child per se. However, if people aren't willing to rise into their leadership and make an empowered decision, then I feel your role as a sales leader is to make a decision. Like don't end things in the indecision. People like to live in the indecision. So either A, they're making an empowered yes kind of decision. And they're like, I'm in, let's do this. And that doesn't mean you're having to collect their payment on the phone or do any like weird kind of stuff that doesn't feel aligned or ethical to you. Find your truth, find what works for you. But it's like, you're ending on a yes. If it's an indecision kind of energy, then you can turn it into a no in an empowered way and just say, hey, Jenna, you know, I really would love to work with you, but I'm just sensing like it might be rushed for you or it's not the right time or I'm hearing you that you still need to get finances in order. So let's close the loop on this. Let's put it down as a no for right now and let's touch base next month or reach out to me once you have this in order. And that's a much better energy to end it on than you being like, well, should I follow them up? Like where, you know, and it, it, and then you're chasing them. You don't want to chase them. They don't want to be chased. So that energy of like making an empowered yes or no is huge. Um, and one of the other things I literally just wrote some notes down that came through like right before we went live um, was to mention masculine feminine and how we navigate these energetics in the sales conversation, both within ourselves and within the other individual. So just to shed a little bit on that, you know, I mean, we all have masculine feminine energy within us. It's not gender specific. And for simplest terms, let's say that the masculine is more drive, being direct. It's more rooted in purpose. The feminine is more soft. It's more based in emotion. It's more based in receiving. And we have that within us. But also when we're having a sales conversation with somebody else, it's like paying attention to those subtle energetics. Like what is required? And you can even ask yourself, like what's required of me in this conversation or in this moment for the highest good of this person? So sometimes what is needed is kind of being like the unattached drill sergeant, you know, where you're not being mean or anything, but you're like asking them questions and like go deeper and deeper, you know, and just say like, well, is that really true? How do you really feel about this? Tell me more, you know, and we're just like asking questions. And then sometimes we need like the deep compassion and empathy of like, wow, I've so been there, you know, and sharing your experience, like deep space holding. Sometimes people need to be direct. You know, they need to hear the directness that basically no one else has been willing to say to them before. Not from a place of trying to get them into your program, but like from seeing them as a fellow human being. You know, people keep living out their same stories and their same thing. And usually if they're talking to someone about joining something, it's because they want to make a change. So if we actually have done a good pre-qualifying process, then it should be easy to have that rapport with someone that if they're kind of bullshitting themselves, you can lovingly call them forward. 
you know, and sometimes that's required, you know, of saying like, is that really true? Like, do you really feel like that? Or why did you book? Like, why do you feel like you booked this call today? If you don't feel like you're ready to do X, Y, and Z and just get curious, but like say the things that nobody else is willing to say. It's like, sometimes we have to be willing to cross the line again, not out of needing to get their money or to make them make that decision, but it's like crossing the line out of love because people aren't paying you as coaches or healers or even on a sales call for free or a consultation to be their cheerleader. I love being a cheerleader. Like let's definitely be cheerleaders. And there's enough cheerleading going on. Like you can be their cheerleader and good coaching, good facilitating, good healing means that sometimes people will be triggered. Sometimes they won't like what you have to say, but as long as you're coming from love and you're not doing it to manipulate them, then you can't really fuck it up. And so sometimes we need to cross the line and maybe say something that nobody else is willing to say to this person of saying, Hey, you know, I'm hearing this pattern that you're living out right now. Like, are you open to maybe an alternative solution, a different reality? Like, can we go a little bit deeper here? So it's, it's not to manipulate, it's to get curious and just notice like that push pull energy. Like when do you need to push them a little bit in order to invite them into like a new standard? of themselves when do you need to pull a little bit and just like receive and just like listen and it's the same thing with just sales leadership in general of how we open the call as an example that's a time usually for us to lead if we just get into like the feminine energy this is where we end up with free coaching calls that go nowhere so we want our people to feel safe and so getting on a call just as an example it's not really about having a format and a sales flow per se, you know, like I have to ask this and then ask that. And then this question, I remember being so overwhelmed on sales calls. Cause I had like eight pieces of paper and I'm like, hoping they're not looking at me. And I'm like, what's the next one? Like it didn't feel good at all. So we don't need that. I think, I think, you know, for, if you're newer to sales, it's not a terrible idea to have a couple bullet points, you know, to kind of remind yourself and spark yourself of what direction you're going. But more than that is not so much required, but one of the big things is how we open the call. Because if you get on the phone call or even in the DMs and it's like really airy-fairy, hey, it's so good to talk to you. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I'm having this crazy day, blah, 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 blah. It just like goes into this like weird friend zone conversation thing that usually goes nowhere. As opposed to a much more balanced you know, sacred masculine presence to open the call of, hey, Jenna, I'm so excited for our conversation today. I read over the form that you filled out. You know, really the intention for the call today is to dive into where you're at, figure out and explore whether or not I can support you and give you a professional recommendation of like what really is the best next step for you. So if you're open to that, we'll probably go into quite a few different areas and see where we flow. But do I have your permission to keep us on track? And does that intention feel good? That is a totally different energy of getting on a call and they feel like safe and held. And also you can kind of manage the call. So you feel relaxed. So you don't get on and already feel like, oh, like they're leading the call. And it's hard to maintain that kind of professional, you know, you're the one leading the call energetic if you don't establish that from the beginning. So, you know, these are like the little upgrades I find that make a big difference for how the entire conversation flows. Um, and also in this as well, it, instead of you creating pressure for people, 
in terms of like having to dig and like stretch the gap and find the problem and then basically be like prescribing the solution, people will create their own internalized pressure to make a decision. And not in like a manipulative kind of way, but if you do a good job and you really ask questions and you're present and you hold space and you've led the conversation, the intention is really for people to like have their own light bulb moments, their own activation of like, fuck yeah, I'm ready to do this. You know, they create their own momentum. They create their own sacred yes. Like, and at the end of the day, sales is all about people saying yes to themselves. They're not saying yes to you. They're not saying yes to your coaching. They're not saying yes to investing $3,000 in this course or program. Like they're not saying yes to any of that. They're saying yes to themselves. They're saying yes to their vision. They're saying yes to their growth and what they want to learn. Because again, we're not seeing people as victims. We're seeing people as, you know, their next level self. And so it makes it for a lot easier of a sales process when we approach it from all of these different things, which, you know, more or less has covered all of the things. The only other thing on here that comes through is, is really for us to, at the end of the day, own our magic. And this comes back to what I said earlier, that if you have that initial spark about your business or a program you create or who you're excited to work with, and then you dim it down by diluting it with obsessing about getting it right, stressing about money, overcomplicating the sales process, we move ourselves further and further and further from our magic. So one of the best sales strategies is really to stay connected to the mastery and the embodiment of whatever it is that you do and being a student of what you do. And that doesn't have to be a time consuming thing, but like when was the last time you read a book of whatever it is you specialize in? When was the last time you did a healing on yourself or an assessment of whatever the thing you, you do. And maybe some of you are, but I find sometimes we get into sales mode and all that gets shoved to the side or a lot more than what we'd like for it to be. But when we're really connected to it, it allows us to feel confident to talk about the things and the transformations that we're facilitating because we're so connected to it. But when we're disconnected to it, it really to me is like, well, if you're not confident in what you're selling, why would anybody else be confident in what you're selling and how we build the confidence is first in here and then yeah looking for outside evidence is important but it's not the only thing and the more inner alignment we have again wealth responds to that but also so so does our magnetism we are more magnetic to people where if you're in scarcity and posting and posting trying to make it happen and hoping to like close the deal and making it all about you if somebody doesn't sign up and all these things that happen you're in a disempowered lower energy state. People are not as attracted to that. Like your aura goes down. It's not as attractive, but when you're connected to what you do, you're excited about it. You're embodied in it. You're naturally going to want to show up more. People will be more attracted to what you're talking about. So even if you're not an expert speaker or expert writer or whatever, in terms of marketing, it doesn't really matter. It really is a frequency thing. And I don't claim to be the best, but I can say I'm held a lot better than I used to be five, six years ago when I started my business at speaking. Um, but I definitely built the skill set over time because I just kept showing up and showing up and showing up. And even when I wasn't very good and I said like every second word and you know every third sentence, and it was honestly quite terrible when I go back and watch my old videos because there's a lot of them, people still signed up right from the beginning. And I mean, it wasn't easy. 
I was very disillusioned on my early business journey where I literally was like, I'll become an overnight millionaire and quit my job, converted my vehicle into a camper van type thing and just started like driving around the backwoods of Canada thinking I would just magnetize clients. And I realized there's still like the actual work that has to happen. And I just started showing up. So I didn't make thousands of dollars overnight by any means, but even when I had no idea what I was doing, I was showing up. One of the best stories I can kind of leave everyone with as we wrap this training up shortly is is the fact that my first course I created, this was about five years ago, it was called the Chakra Manifestation Course. Why? Because I like chakras and I was teaching Reiki and stuff and I liked manifesting. Put them together, I'll put them in a course, I will sell it on the internet, People will come flocking. I will be a millionaire. And I also had no confidence in myself. I just was really excited. So I downloaded a teleprompter app because there is such a thing. And I looked up Russell Brunson, who created ClickFunnels, and I read his book. And I looked at his templates for sales. And I somehow turned that into my sales stuff. And then also for how to deliver and speak and teach and literally input all the information about the crown chakra, the root chakra into the teleprompter. I then set up lighting that I ordered off Amazon and went to my husband's bougie parents' second house at the lake where it looked really nice and lush. And we set up the lights. My husband set up the teleprompter. He was my film man behind the scenes. And the most hilarious thing is that all of the videos from that course where I sat was in front of a glass fireplace. And so you could see the reflection of the teleprompter in all of my videos for my course. While I said, um, while I said, like, nobody signed up, then I thought, okay, I'll start giving it to my friends. I started begging people to like, just take my course, please just take it. Um, you know, I was like, do I charge $77? Do I charge $47? What will make this thing work? And in total transparency, I hardly ever sold any of that course. However, I didn't stop there. I kept going. I started doing interview series. I've been on over a hundred podcasts, but because I like went out and found them. And I mean, I've also been invited many times, especially further down, but early on, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I made a book club. And then I invited, I had Rebecca Campbell come on my interview for my book club. You know, all these random manifestations where I had, I was a terrible speaker and had no idea, but I just asked, I just went out and asked, you know, like, would you like to talk to me about this? I asked people, would you like me to talk about this? And I just kept showing up. I just kept going. And I got better at writing. I got better at speaking. I continue to just keep practicing, you know, doing things like the summit that, you know, I co-created with these amazing leaders. Most, most of them are my clients and friends. And it's just the continued devotion to showing up, honoring our natural cycles. It's not about how many times a day or a week you show up, but it's like finding your own flow within that, you know, especially as women that sometimes we will be more inward. Sometimes we are more outward and it's the potency that we infuse into the things that we do and just being honest with ourselves. If we're hiding, there's a difference between if you need to take a few days or a week, or you have a month that you're just like inward, but you also already know internally if you're doing that to hide or if you're doing it to honor yourself. Because if we're hiding, we're actually dishonoring ourselves. So just like really being honest with ourselves, like, are we avoiding selling, marketing, money, whatever it is, or are we just honoring ourselves that maybe that's not our priority today or this month? Maybe I don't feel like showing up today and that's okay. So that's kind of my, my parting thoughts for everyone is really to own your magic, 
trust yourself more and just realize there is no end game here. There is no, you get to 10K or 100K or whatever and everything's magical and hunky-dory. A mentor said to me once, more money, more problems. And while I feel part of that was really based in the old code, I think that there's some truth to that as well in terms of the fact that it's not that there's more problems, but every new level requires a new level of you. And so it's really naive, not wrong, just naive of us to think like, once I get to X, it'll all be great. It's like, no, I mean, I've grown my business to a million and it's like, no, now I have people to manage. I have more responsibilities. There's more moving parts. Like there's more and more going on. There's a Facebook ads agency. Now there's an OBM, like there's much more going on. I have to be the leader to be able to hold that. And so it's not so much about, it's, it's just really, it's not about getting there. It's like, can I hold it? which again comes to our nervous system and the vision beyond the vision and feeling safe to go towards it and really becoming that version of ourselves. And so all of this in my mind infuses into sales because sales is just that energetic exchange. It's just that sacred conversation part of the process, but really sales starts in your marketing and it continues in your coaching and your healing because it's all just part of the relationship with the person and the persons, the people that you work with that are all human beings because it's really just going deeper and deeper into relationship, deeper and deeper into inviting people to say yes to themselves, deeper and deeper into becoming that next version of themselves, which by you know, extension really allows you to become that version of yourself as well. And so I really thank you everyone for receiving that. I'd love to hear in the comments um, or if anyone's watching this on the replay or posted in the group, whatever. Um, what's been your biggest takeaway? What's the one thing that you're like light bulb or I'm gonna integrate this. So feel free to share it with me now or afterwards. And I invite you, if you're listening to this, if you are interested in potentially creating together now or in the future, feel free to connect with me on Facebook. It's Jennifer Madden. Instagram is my company name, Soulmate Strategy. And if you want to know kind of what are the ways I work with people, I'll give everyone just like a really short overview. Um, and then if you're interested, we can always have more of a conversation. Uh, but the main ways I work with clients, which are primarily new earth feminine leaders, you know, conscious female entrepreneurs that have a business, looking to grow the business to the next level, whether that's 5k months or 50k months or beyond. Um, and a couple of main things. I have my sales program. It's called Sales Synergy. So this is really going into a lot of what we talked about today, but like 10 times deeper and really transforming yourself as a leader around sales, your relationship to money throughout the process and coming into an energetic of effective sales, embodied sales, empowered sales that really work for you, that work for your business. So yes, the tangible results, but also your relationship of how you feel with sales. So if you liked today, you might like that program because we go way more into depth. Um, I have my membership, the Money Magic Marketing Circle. So this is more of a membership type program. Every month we do a workshop on money, magic, and marketing. So it's different topics each month, but it's basically broken up into three sections. One part of the workshop, we spend talking about things related to wealth and money. One section related to your confidence, your magic, your mindset one section related to marketing and, you know, anything from writing really powerful sales posts to um, creating more joint ventures and collaborations in your business, all kinds of 
important kinds of topics. And then we do a monthly sister circle and a monthly group coaching call. So that's just like a monthly reoccurring type experience with like a library. So it's more membershipy. And then for those who are more focused on scaling, I have my mastermind, the Soulmate Strategy Collective. That's more of an intimate experience where there's private coaching, there's group support in there. And it's like a true mastermind where we meet really regularly. And the focus of the women, I mean, we do everything from trauma healing to wealth, masculine, feminine, and more, but the kind of underlying theme for the women that are in that mastermind with me are growing to five or multi-five figure months. It's not so much about the number, but it's like that energetic of wanting to grow to hundred K or 200 or $300,000 a year. And like be able to hold it, be able to scale. So we go more into things like hiring a team, reviewing your offers, launch strategies. So we go more in depth in those kinds of things. So if anyone's getting any pings about that, you can reach out to me. Jen, the membership is 222 a month. And then there's options for a six month or a 12 month savings if people pay in full for those. The sales program is 888 in full. And then contact me if you're interested about the mastermind, because there's a couple different kind of tiers for it of like what it includes in terms of sessions and support and all of that kind of stuff. But those are my main ways. Those are like my babies, other than my pets, of how I work with people. And yeah, that's like, that's a now or in the future, both all of those things, depending on availability, capacity, because um, one of the big things I teach too, I've got a certification that's also enrolling for the next round in the new year, all about masterful facilitation. But that's something I'm really passionate about. So most of my programs are what I call evergreen, um, which is like open enrollment, generally speaking, but it depends on how many each month, because I really pride myself on world-class onboarding experiences. So that is more of how I pace myself in my business instead of doing launches, which that could be workshop in itself, talking about launches and do we even need to do launches? So maybe I'll save that for another day. And final thing is in general, I'd love to be connected with anyone who's watching this, who resonates. So add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram, um, join my Facebook group, New Earth Feminine Leaders. And I do trainings and things on there. I have my podcast too, the Soulmate Strategy podcast. So basically search Soulmate Strategy anywhere on the internet. And you'll find my website, my Instagram, the podcast. I'll also update it in the Facebook group as well for anyone who's listening to this and wants to connect. And yeah, let me know your big takeaways. I'm just looking at the comments. Your story at the end, closing the loop to empower client, whether it's a no or yes, yay. Thanks, Jen. Yes, I'm so happy to share this energy. Wealth response to alignment. Don't leave pending energy. Open links for people are in the indecision. Close the link, decide for them to come back later. Other takeaways, manifestation works better when you have high intention, low attachment. Yay. Thank you everyone for the breakthroughs and the shares. Thank you for holding the space and being present with me, everyone who watched this live and by extension on the replay. And I wish everyone the most magical weekend, most magical evening and enjoy the rest of your day. I love everyone. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me for today's episode of the Soul Meet Strategy podcast. I'd love to hear what came up for you during this episode. Tag me on your stories on Instagram at Soul Meet Strategy and come hang out with me inside of the New Earth Feminine Leadership community on Facebook. 
Don't forget to leave me a review as I love and so deeply appreciate hearing your feedback. And from my heart to yours, keep shining bright, sister, and I'll see you on the next episode.